Nice, nice. Give it up for class of 09. You guys, one more year, baby. And you've already started, so like less than a year. Hey, check this out, man. Um, how many of you that are seniors are like taking chemistry this year? <laughs> Nobody? Yeah, I know. I know it's sophomores. Here's, what I, here's, why I'm, here's why I'm asking that question, dude. When I was a, when I was a senior in high school... I was so horrible at science that I actually had to take chemistry like my senior year. I had to like try it over again, right? How many of y'all love love science? Anybody in here love science? Cool. You're a freak. You just are. You're a freak. I'm serious. You do not make any sense to the rest of us. Like you are a weirdo. Seriously. You should start a Facebook group called I'm a freak, right? Because dude, you're just weird. Because here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. Like when I was, when I was a senior in high school, check this out. When I was a senior in high school, I had, to take, I had to take this chemistry class and it blew my mind because first of all, like the thing about chemistry that really ticked me off that I didn't like is you had to study like the periodic table of elements. You know what I'm saying? Like it's horrible. I absolutely believe that the periodic table of elements is like one of the top four worst inventions of all time. Like, it's right up there. It's right up there on my top four list. It's right up there, like, with the, with the, like, you know, atomic bomb, communism, and boy bands. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's right up there, top shelf, horrible inventions. And so, I'm taking this, I'm taking this chemistry class. And first of all, I didn't, like, understand it. I was kind of rebellious. had kind of a rebellious attitude towards it. Because, you know, of course, I'm thinking, dude, like, why in the world do I need to know how many molecules are in sulfur, right? That's just stupid. That's never going to help me in my life. That's never going to help me get a date, you you know, I'm never going to meet some girl and go, what's up, baby? I know what sulfur's like, right? That's never like, that's never going to help. And so I'm thinking, dude, that's pointless. That's just dumb. And so I was horrible in this class. And you know, what's bad is when you're horrible in a particular class, your senior year, because the likelihood that you might have to come back for summer school increases kind of how it works. And so it was getting really close to like the end of the last semester. It was like, you know, a week and a half from the end of school, actually a week and a half from graduation. And here's what happened, man. Like I, I was like doing so bad in this class that my teacher, Mr. Eccles, my chemistry teacher came to me and he said, Anson, we're taking, we're taking the final in a few days. He said, I just want you to know before we take that final, you need to be absolutely aware of this. He said, um, the only way that you're going to be able to graduate high school is if you make at least an 80 on this final. That's it. He said, if you make below an 80, you will not walk with the rest of the senior class. You will not grasp your diploma. You will not get it. And you know what? You're just not going to graduate. You're going to have to come back for like a summer semester. And I'm thinking, dude, that is not what I want to hear. That's like one of the worst things you could tell me. I mean, that was like, that was the equivalent of telling me I had to spend an hour in a room with Justin Timberlake. You know, it was hard. It was bad. And so I'm thinking, dude, what in the world? Are you kidding me? And he says, no, so you better study. You better try hard. So, dude, I went home, and for like 48 hours, I read and I read and I read and I read this chemistry book. And I don't know how many of y'all are like me that... You'll study for a class and you're actually reading, but like no matter how much you read, you're, re- you're reading words off a page, but like nothing's computing. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing makes sense. And you're like, dude, I'm reading and my brain is like, you know, it's just standing still. And so I'm trying to read all this stuff and I'm going, this is not helping. This is not doing anything. Finally, the day of the final gets there. I take the final. And of course, I'm leaving going, man, I totally bombed that final. It was horrible. I know I failed it. Um, and so I'm absolutely depressed about it. So for about, you know, the next couple of days, I, I kind of let it torment me. And finally, I went to Mr. Eccles. And at this point, it was a week until graduation. 
I go to Mr. Eccles, my chemistry teacher, and I said, Mr. Eccles, here's the thing, man. I said, graduation is next Saturday, and I need to know whether or not I'm graduating. Because we need to send out, like, invitations. We need to invite people, right? I mean, we, we got, I got all this stuff to do. I got to tell my family to be there. I said, and so I really need to know, am I going to be able to graduate or not? And Mr. Eccles, he kind of smiled at me with that evil, wicked smile that teachers give you when they know they have your entire life in their hands and they can do pretty much anything they want to. They will break you because you know what? You're a teenager and they're an adult with a job. So who's the cops going to believe? You know what I'm saying? And so it's like they can do whatever they want. And he kind of gets this evil smile and he says to me this. He said, Anson, here's what I've decided to do. I'm not going to tell you. He said, you're going to show up next Saturday to the Coliseum and you're going to walk down there to that floor and you're going to see whether or not your name is actually on one of those chairs. And if it's on one of those chairs, you graduate. And if it's not, you don't graduate. And I'm thinking exactly what you're thinking. I'm thinking to myself, dude, are you Hitler? Like, are you the devil? What is your, do you live in hell? What is your deal? What's your deal, man? You can't do that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just stressing, man. My heart is beating. I'm like, I'm telling you, like, honestly, that might have been the most gut-wrenching week of my life. I mean, I seriously think I developed ulcers that week. And I was like 17 years old. Because the whole week, man, listen, the whole week it's this uncertainty. Like, I might graduate, but I might not graduate. I have no way of knowing. And this dude is not going to tell me. And I was so worried and so anxious and I was so stressing it. And here's the reason I tell you that whole story is because that scenario, check this out, that scenario is a lot like men and women search for God, a lot of us. And here's what I mean by that. This world is filled with people, and probably this room right now is filled with people who kind of think this way when it comes to God. The, the thought process kind of go, goes like this. Um, I hope that there's a God. I think there might be a God, but I don't know that there's a God. And I don't know that we can know that there's a God. And so here's kind of what will happen. I will wait until I die. And then when I die, I kind of find out by default that there's a God or not, right? Because I'm dead, right? So, so if I die and there's a God, cool. If there's not a God when I die, who cares, right? And so it's like the thought process kind of goes, I can never really be certain whether or not there's a God. And so what happens is this. So many times, you know what happens? People struggle with doubt. They struggle with the thoughts of, man, what if there's not a God. And so here's my question that we're asking throughout this whole series, dude, called evidence is this, man. Is that really the way it has to be? Like, I mean, seriously, like, are we really doomed, like, for the rest of our lives to never know whether or not there's really actually a God? Like, is that what we're doomed to for the rest of our lives? I mean, we, we just kind of don't know, we're not certain. Or, check this out, or, or is there, like, maybe another option? Like, could it be that, that, yes, God says, you know what, there is an element of faith to this whole deal of knowing me and following me, but at the same time, I have, I have, giving, I have given you pieces of evidence that make it absolutely obvious that I do exist. And, dude, here's why we're asking that question tonight, is because I don't know how many of you have ever read the Bible, but here's the thing you find when you read the Bible for, like, five minutes, is, like, the Bible... The Bible, like, it, it talks as if God, the, believing in God, believing in the existence of God, is like a no-brainer. You ever notice that? Like, when you read the Bible, it's like, okay, it should be a no-brainer that there's a God. What am I missing here? Because apparently God this and God that and God begot so-and-so. And, 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 and dude, it, it's apparently a no-brainer that there must be a God. For, for example, 
I mean, famous verse, the very first verse of the Bible. You know, Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, what's the next word? God. I mean, dude, I don't know. When I was a teenager, that kind of gave me a hard time. Because I'm like, whoa, back up. In the beginning, God. Like, I want to know before that. I want to know, like, before God. Like, where did God come from? Did, was God born? Who was his mama? Who was his daddy, right? Who was his auntie? Who was his uncle, right? What, was God born? Was God hatched? Was God, did God evolve from a single-celled or, organism, right? Um, did God just kind of get a job transfer to this galaxy from Middle Earth, right? I mean, what, what happened? Like, like, what happened? In the beginning, God? And the people would answer you and go, you know, yes, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God what? Where was God? Yes, God was. Well, where was he? There was nowhere. He was. But where was God? It was God. But yeah, yeah, I know it was God. But like, where was God before the, before the God? Where was God at before that? God. Bro, come on, man. What's your problem, right? Stop talking. And, and so I'm just, you know, you struggle with it. And then, and then check this out. The Bible goes even further. In Psalm 14.1, here's, here's what's crazy, man. The Bible goes even further because it, it doesn't even stop with, hey, no brainer, there is a God. Woo, get over it, there, deal with it. The Bible actually goes further. It says this in Psalm 14.1. It says, in Psalm 14.1, it says, the fool says in his heart there is no God. Huh? The fool? Like, sir, that's a strong statement to make. I mean, dude, that's a very strong statement to make to say, you know what? When you stand up and you make the proclamation, there is no God. That is a foolish, foolish thing to say. And you read things like that and you go, man, like, like, what is that? What does that even mean? Like, why is the Bible so confident? Why is the Bible just so up in your face with the idea that there is a God? He does exist. And then here's the thing, students. That's the question we ask. And you know what? We, we, we find the answer in a book of the Bible called Romans, because here's what happens. Here's what happens in this book called Romans. In the book of Romans, and by the way, just so you guys know, the book of Romans is not actually a book. The book of Romans is actually a letter. It's a letter written by a guy named Paul. Paul was writing to a group of people who were actually in, anybody know? Rome. See, the Bible's not hard to learn. It's real simple. So Paul was writing to these people in Rome called the book of Romans. Now here's what Paul does. It's, it's incredible when you read this. Paul, in this letter, Talks about all kinds of stuff, man. It's crazy stuff. But at the very beginning of this letter to these people in Rome, Paul deals with this idea of whether or not God really exists. And so often, you know, we, we go, well, the Bible doesn't really speak to my problems. It's this ancient book, and it tells you weird stuff like, you know, don't eat such and such. And if you get muddy, go outside the camp and, you know, cleanse yourself for 12 months. And, you know, it, it tells you all this crazy weird stuff. Wear a head covering and dance like a monkey. You know, you're just like, what? The Bible doesn't have anything. No, no, no. The Bible is absolutely relevant to our lives in the very beginning of Romans. He tells us what it looks like. He tells us what it means that God actually exists. And he gives us the evidence for why God exists. And here's the deal, students. Before I read this verse in Romans 1, I'm just going to tell you straight up. And this is going to set up our whole series for the next few weeks in here. Tonight and for the rest of these weeks, I am not here to argue with you about why you should believe in God. I'm not here even to debate with you about why you should believe in God. I am not here to force you to believe what I believe if you don't believe what I believe. I am not going to hold like a sword to your neck and say, convert or die, right? That's, that's kind of not what we do. You know, we had some guys go crazy, do that a few hundred years ago. They were off track, kind of got on the right track. Now we kind of do what the Bible says. So that's not going to happen in the next few weeks. Let me tell you what, you know what this series is called? Evidence, straight up. Over the next few weeks, I'm just going to talk to you guys 
like you're mature, because I believe that you're absolutely mature, most of you, right? Except for like three of you, and I won't point you out. But I believe most of you are absolutely mature. And here's the deal. I'm just going to talk to you like mature people you are. And for the next few weeks, I'm just going to give you the evidence that has convinced me that God is real. Next week, I'll give you the evidence that has convinced me, just convinced me, that the Bible is actually the word of God and not mythology. And I'm going to give you the evidence in a couple weeks that, that has convinced me that Jesus is really God's son. And you know what? If you don't believe like I believe, can I just tell you something straight up? I absolutely respect you for even showing up here over the next few weeks because you know why you're different than a lot of people out there? You actually have the intellectual integrity to show up and to listen and to make a decision for yourself instead of making a decision in ignorance. And so I respect the fact that you're even here if you don't believe what I believe. But I am a man of conviction, and I'm going to share with you guys straight up the evidence that I believe exists that proves, tonight, proves the existence of God. If you don't agree with me, that's okay. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. It's actually on the back of the little brochure thing we put in the back of y'all's seats that most of y'all have. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Here's what this guy Paul says in Romans 1, 20. Check this out. He says this to these people. He says... For since the creation of the world, in other words, check this out. In other words, since the beginning of time, like the first tick on the clock, like, like boom, everything exists since the very first moment, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Translation. Here's what this guy Paul says. He says, from the very first person that existed, all the way through every brother and every sister that's ever been born throughout time, there has never, according to this guy Paul, there has never been anybody who is justified in believing there is no God. There is, in other words, there has never been a single person who said there is no God who was justified in believing that. And here's why Paul says this. Here's why Paul says this. He said, here's why. He says, because God's invisible qualities have been absolutely up in your face right there. He says, and what God's invisible qualities are, are this. He says, it's his eternal power and his divine nature. In other words, here's what that means. It's what God has created and what God has provided. What God has created and what God has provided. On the count of three, you guys say created. One, two, three. On the count of three, you guys say provided. One, two, three. And he says, what God, because of what God has created and because of what God has provided, it is obvious that there must be a God. Which makes us ask the question, dude, what in the world does that mean? I'm glad you asked because that's where we're going tonight, dude. So I hope you're ready. Here's what that means, man. We, we talk about the fact that God has created and God has provided. When Paul talks about God's eternal power, and when he says there has to be a God, because if you just look around at God's eternal power, if you see what God has created, you see that there must be a God. Here's what he's saying. Check this out. He's saying this, that tonight, like if you went home and you had one of those monster big daddy telescopes in your backyard, and you went and you like looked through that, through that thing, and you saw like the stars, and you could look beyond those stars to like stars that are further out, and you could look to like other galaxies and other planets... Or do check this out. If you like took a road trip with your friends to like, you know, West Coast, went to Yosemite or went to the Redwood Forest or went to someplace like Lake Tahoe or just went anywhere that was beautiful and majestic like that and just looked around. Here's what Paul's saying. He says, if you really call a time out in your life like that and you really spend some time doing that in reflection, he said, here's where you're going to land. You're going to ultimately land in a place where you decide, where you realize there has to be a creator 
behind the creation. Here's why, students. Here's why. Really what Paul's saying is common sense. Now, I know some of you, you know, you disagree and you don't like it, but here's why, it's, here's why it's absolutely common sense what Paul is saying. Because you know what? In our world, that's exactly how things are. In our world, we would call what Paul just said common sense. And here's why. If I, like, carried up to you right now, if I, like, brought you, like, a, a painting and I showed you the painting and said, dude, check this out. You see this painting? It's awesome. It's beautiful. It's unbelievable. It's of me flexing my muscles, baby. It's awesome, right? And then I said, dude, you know what? Something about this painting, it just happened. Nobody painted it. Nobody made it. It just happened. I, I mean, it was the weirdest thing, dude. There was like dirt and then poof, painting. Cool, right? It's awesome. If I told you that, you would look at me and say, you're a freak, you're a weirdo, you need to be locked up. Like, if you actually believe that, you're a moron. Because common sense tells me in our world, in the world in which we live, there must be a creator behind the creation. Whether it's this building that we're in right now, there had to be a creator behind it. Whether it's even the chair that you were sitting in right now, there had to be a creator behind it. Whether there was like, whether there was like you know, the, the fashion that you're wearing right now, there had to be a designer behind it. Take this watch, for instance. I mean, if I came to you and said, see this watch? Dude, it just happened. It just happened, man. It's weird. It tells time. It even gives the date. It's awesome. It just happened. You would go, dude, you're a freak. You're a moron. What's your problem? I mean, because we know the reality is some dude at Swiss Army Company made this watch. That's how it works. There's always a creator behind the creation. And here's what's absolutely insane about that, students. Here's what's crazy. A painting... It's lifeless. A watch, completely lifeless. It's not like my watch is going to go, hey, what's up? How you doing? Right? And my watch is never going to talk to me. My watch is never going to spit like I do. It's not going to happen. Because my watch is dead. It's, it's absolutely lifeless. But here's what's insane. We say there must be a creator behind lifeless, inanimate objects. But when it comes to our galaxy, and when it comes to our world, and when it comes even to our own bodies, there's not a creator behind that. And so what Paul's saying here is actually just common sense, but here's what happens. I mean, take for instance this. I will hurt you, bro. (laughs) Here's the thing. Let me just qualify this before I talk. I, I don't feel masculine holding these. So for you to just completely make fun of me while I do it, it's not, it's not fair, right? It's, it's really not. Um, thank you for whistling, um, dude. Here's the deal. Um, the thing about flowers is that I don't really like to look at me. I need all the help that I can get. I don't need to be holding flowers, right? And, and so here's the deal. What? Why are you yelling at me, man? Come on. Um, but here's the thing about this. So I really don't like holding them in front of large groups because I'm really scared I'll get beat up. It's called a hate crime. Um, but but, but here's, here's what we're going to do right now. Uh, I want you to look at these. Just look at these flowers. Just, and I'm going to pull the plastic down because this plastic is gross, not biodegradable. Stay away from plastic. Here's the deal. Ooh, sorry. This pollution. Get off of there, dude. Okay, check this out. What are these? Okay, they're flowers. Very good. Not a trick question. Why are you laughing? Do I have like a flower in my face? Okay, listen. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal about these flowers. Okay, check this out. These flowers, just look at them. I mean, they're gorgeous. Can't believe the word gorgeous just came out of my mouth. Uh, these, these flowers are cool, man. 
It's awesome. Um, dude, I will seriously, like, hurt your family, okay? Um, look at this. But I want you to look at these flowers, and here's why. I'm, I'm secure. I'm married. Um, here's why I want you to look at these flowers, because the thing about these flowers is this, that these flowers are absolutely unique, but they're also kind of similar, kind of like us. Huh. Here's... Here's what's crazy about these flowers. You look at these flowers, and these flowers are absolutely unbelievable. I mean, we couldn't create something full of life like this. Actually, they're dead now. They're cut. But we couldn't create something like this ourselves. And we look at these, and we go, man, th- there's two kinds of responses when people look at these flowers, basically. There are those of us who would look at these flowers and go, yeah, dude, there's got to be a creator behind that creation. That's unbelievable. There has to be a creator. And then there are those who would quite sincerely say the opposite. And the people that would say the opposite, here's the deal. They're not like trying to be buttheads necessarily. They're they're absolutely sincere. And they just say, you know what, Anson? Here's the thing. I don't believe that. And I absolutely believe it. Here's where I differ with you, Anson. Why? Why does something have to be a, have a creator just because it's beautiful, just because it's majestic, just because it's amazing? Why in the world does that need to have a creator behind it? Because I subscribe to more like the Big Bang Theory, right? Boom, kablooey, right? Boom, bang, you know, and, and then ta-da, right? And so that's kind of that's more what I believe. And so, Anson, why, why is it, dude, that just because something is beautiful, just because something is, looks like this, it couldn't have happened by accident because of an explosion? I'm glad you asked why, because here's the deal. Here, here's why. I'll, I'll tell you why. Let me ask you a question. Be completely honest. There's no cops in here, I think. Um, how many of you in your life have ever blown something up? Raise your hand. And every dude in here, your hand just went up. Okay? Now, check this out, man. Check this out. And I don't know if you're like me, man, but when you're a kid, you, you get the little black cat firecrackers and you like, you know, you're blowing. I hope you're not talking about C4, man. If you blew stuff up with C4, FBI needs to be knocking on your door. Here's the deal. Check this out. Here's what we all know. Here's what y'all know. If you've ever blown something up, here's what y'all know. Just like I, I found out whenever, you know, whenever, whenever I was a kid, blowing stuff up is absolutely fun. It's awesome. It's awesome. Hey, hey, dude, by the way, don't go home to your mama and your mama goes, hey, son, what'd you learn at church tonight? Oh, well, the preacher told us we should blow stuff up. It's fun, right? And so I'm going to go put some C4 on my school. Dude, you're a freak. You're going to get arrested. Don't do that, right? You need a job. Mall's hiring, okay? Here's the deal. Don't do stuff like that. Here's what I'm saying. Here's the point. Here's the point. When you're a little kid and you're doing stuff innocent like that with a firecracker, here's the deal. Like when I was a kid, I used to do cool stuff like take these black cat firecrackers and put them like in ant beds. Anybody done that? Anybody with me? And you just go poster on these ants, they never saw it coming, right? I mean, you got some mama ant just walking along going, I'm just going to get some food for my little kid. Bam, right? And so, it's beautiful. I'm in ministry. I don't know why. Um, if you do something like that, I mean, some of you know what it's like to blow up an ant bed. Some of you know what it's like to blow up like a flower pot. Some of you know what it's like to blow up like the little army men. Remember the army men used to blow up? It's awesome, right? Some of you know what it's like to blow up a cat, right? I mean, we know what it's like... What? What? <laughs> okay, seriously, time out, man. Time out. Don't, don't blow up. Don't, guys, don't blow up cats, seriously. Unless you can get away with it, okay? So here's the deal. Um, but we know what it's like to blow stuff up. And here's, here's the thing. Listen, listen to me, students. Here's, here's the deal. Shh, listen. Here's what we learn. 
Blowing stuff up is fun. And here's why blowing stuff up like that is fun. Here's why it's fun. There's a reason it's fun because there's a basic principle that's involved in every explosion like that that makes it fun. It's fun because explosions always cause disorder. They always cause chaos. Nothing is better off when it gets blown up, right? You're never going to blow up a cat and go, bam, and the cat's going to go, woo, I'm stronger, right? That's never going to happen. It's weaker because it's dead, all right? It's like it causes disorder. It causes chaos. It's madness. It's, it's crazy. Here's the thing. When I, when I was a kid, I lived in Texas. I lived in Dallas, Texas for like a year and a half. In Dallas, Texas, there are locusts the size of Shaquille O'Neal. I kid you not. They are massive. These locusts, me and my buddies on, on my street, we used to catch these locusts. And the locusts had like a little kind of crevice in their back. And here's what we used to do. We used to take a black cat firecracker in the back of these locusts. After we caught them, we would light the firecracker and we would set them free. <laughs> and they would fly and I've escaped. I'm going back to my colony. Life is boom, right? And it was awesome. And here's why it was awesome, guys. Here's why it was amazing. You go, psycho. I know. It's awesome. It's cool. Look what God can do. Praise the Lord. Salvation is by grace because if it was by works, I wouldn't make it in. So here's the thing. Check this out. The reason explosions, the reason doing stuff like that is fun is because explosions cause disorder. Here's the point. Explosions never cause order. Ever. Explosions don't make things better. They cause chaos. They cause disorder. But here's what, here's what a theory like the Big Bang says. It says, there was an explosion caused by, by the way, parenthetical say, parentheses, there was like an explosion, but caused by something. We, we don't know. But the only thing people say is it was dense. It was really dense. Yeah, but what was the particle? The particle that exploded, what was it? Dense. It was so dense. It was just, just really dense and, and just so dense. Yeah, but, but dude, what was the particle? It's just kind of a dense thing. And it was dense. I'm like, dude, you're dense. What? And nobody knows what it was. But it was like this particle and it was dense. And it came, who knows where the particle came from? I'm like, where the particle come from? Uh, shut up, kid. It doesn't matter. Um, there was this dense particle and then, Bam! Fast forward billions, trillions, zillions of years, depending on who you talk to, and what do you get? Ta-da! Because seriously? Seriously? Because check this out, guys. Check this out. And I know, here's the deal. Again, some of you were like, bro, you know what? I don't, I don't believe you. I don't, I don't believe you. But that's, that's okay if you disagree with me. But listen, listen, time out. Check this out. Because here's the deal. I just want to talk down this road for a second. Because to say that the Big Bang Theory is actually true, here's what you're saying. You're not just saying that something came from nothing. You're saying that everything came from nothing. And you look around. Like that's not, I don't know if you've noticed in your 15, 16, 17 years alive, that's really not how the world works, right? And so here's the thing. To say something like that is a huge statement because to say something like that is to say this, that everything, happened by accident. Like things like this. I wrote down a few things that had to have happened by accident if the Big Bang Theory actually occurred. One thing that had to be an accident is, the, is, is something called the archer fish. I don't know if you ever heard of an archer fish. Archer fish is absolutely amazing creature. You need to look it up. Here's the deal about the archer fish. How many of y'all like to fish? Anybody like to fish in here? Right on. Sweet. I don't, I don't even know how to do it. Um, but check this out. Here's why the archer fish is absolutely amazing. The archer fish is a fish that lives in water as most fish do, right? And so here's the thing about the archer fish. Check this out. Check this out. This is huge. The archer fish 
eats insects. Problem. The archer fish lives in water. Insects live kind of in the air and everywhere else. So here's what the archer fish has the ability to do. The archer fish, its eyes can see up to six feet above the water's surface from below water. And here's what the archer fish does to collect food. The archer fish sucks in water into its mouth, closes up its gills, and produces a stream of water that is so small and yet so powerful and accurate that it can go up to six feet above the water's surface, shoot up there, hit the insect, Killing it on contact, making it drop to the water, and it has dinner. Yum, yum. And that's how it works. Oh, and check this out. Check this out. By the way, the adult archer fish rarely ever, ever, ever misses. Like, it's a shocking thing for an adult archer fish to miss that shot. But here's what you got to do. You got to go, that was an ac- accident. It's an accident. He just learned to spit. He's like you, Ansi. Spits a lot. Became really accurate one day. And, you know, it's like you. If you, could, if you could perfect that, you could knock somebody out in the third row, man. It'd be awesome, right? Yes, so that's an accident. Here's the other thing, guys. Here's the other thing. Check this out. To say, to say that that's true is to say something like the bombardier beetle is an accident. Bombardier beetle, you need to look it up. Bombardier, bombardier beetle is awesome. Number one, because it's called the bombardier beetle. <laughs> bombardier, what a cool, what a, what a sweet name. Right? Bomb, 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 bombardier. Right? It's unbelievable. <laughs> Here's what's unbelievable about, about the bombardier beetle. Check this out. Here's what the bombardier beetle does. When this beetle, and I'm not making this up, dude. Look it up. Wikipedia. World's at your fingertips. Here's, here's the thing about the bombardier beetle. When it is threatened by a predator, you know what it does? It releases two separate gases, kind of like some of you guys, right? When it feels threatened, right? And so... The two separate gases go out, listen, they combine, and when they combine in front of the face of the predator, right in front of the face of the predator, it produces, the chemical, it produces a flash explosion. Not making this up. How many of y'all heard of this before? Produces a flash explosion, which renders the predator kind of senseless, and, and the, and the uh, bombardier beetle is able to get away. But here's what we have to say. Boom, big bang, big explosion. Fast forward millions of years. Ta-da, bombardier beetle, accident. Here's what else you have to say. You have to say that 10 million species of insects, all accidents. You have to say that over 2,500 varieties of just ants, like just ants, dude, just ants. You say, why? Because God's creative, I guess. He wanted a lot of ants. 2,500 varieties of ants, all accidents. Dude, you have to say that birds, birds with their unbelievable skills are accidents. The mallard duck that can fly 60 miles per hour, just happened, accident, chance, fluke. The eagle that can fly up to 100 miles per hour, accident. The falcon that can dive and reach a speed of 180 miles per hour. So what? It's a really fast accident. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where we land. When we walk down this road, that, that's where we land. You have to say this. Listen to me, students. Won't you look at this? Look at this. Listen to me for a second. This, my friend, is my favorite food in the world. This is a ribeye steak, baby. Ribeye, not just any steak. It is a ribeye. And here's the thing about the ribeye. And you have to say that this ribeye steak, accident. Like, it tastes good. Like, it tastes really, really good. And here's the deal. People always go, well, you know, you know red meat. Red meat is bad for you. You shouldn't eat red meat. Red meat's bad for you. Dude, so is driving on I-85. But I do it because I have to. I eat this because I have to. I must. 
I'm a man. It's one of the qualifications of being a man. I eat this wrapped in bacon, dipped in grease, baby. But you have to say, I'm not biting this. You're sick. I would die. But check this out. You have to say, students, that's an accident. Listen, listen, check this out. You have to say, you have to say this is an accident. Work with me here. Humor me here. Do this. Everybody on the count of three, breathe in. Hold your breath. One, two, three. You just breathed in oxygen. Count of three, exhale. One, two, three. You just exhaled carbon dioxide. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. You breathed in oxygen. You exhaled carbon dioxide. Here's what's crazy. Plants need carbon dioxide in order to live. But plants emit oxygen. You need oxygen to live. But you emit carbon dioxide. Circle of life. Sakuna Matata, baby, all over again. You have to say that is an accident. And over and over again, students, you have to say it's all an accident. The earth itself is 25,000 miles in circumference. The earth weighs, check this out, 6 septillion, 588 sextillion tons. Not pounds, tons. And it hangs absolutely unsupported in space. No cables, no tractor beams, no really strong dude lifting it up. Unsupported. Right now, listen, listen. Right now, we are spinning We are spinning right now at 1,000 miles per hour on planet Earth. We're spinning at 1,000 miles per hour. Not only that, check this out. Not only that. Right now, we are moving around the sun at 1,000 miles per minute. And here's what's insane about that. This is awesome. This rocks my world. Here's what's awesome about that. Even though that's true, I can do this and not move. Like I don't fly into the wall. It's like... I stay here. Why do I stay here? Because there's this crazy, crazy, insane thing that we can't explain, but we know it exists, and we can't see it, and we can't even define it, but we know it's real because we see the evidence of it. This crazy thing called gravity that keeps us from flying off into space. And students, you have to say that, that, that all of that is an accident. You have to say our galaxy is an accident. Our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy where we live, check this out. It is, if you wanted to travel across our galaxy alone, If you wanted to travel at the speed of light across our galaxy, at the speed of light, which, by the way, is 186,281 miles per second, if you wanted to travel the speed of light across our galaxy, it would take you 125,000 years. And our galaxy is one of just millions of known galaxies in this universe. And that's why it says in Psalm... Listen, check this out. That's why it says in Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God. That's why. And here's the tragedy. That some of us, in spite of all that, say, well, I don't believe in God, I'm an atheist. And and you're not an atheist because you've necessarily studied it. You're an atheist. I don't know why you're an atheist. I don't know why you don't believe in God, some of you. Maybe you don't believe in God because you saw one too many episodes of The Hills. Maybe you don't believe in God because you talked to a friend who read a book by a guy with PhD in front of his name who was really, 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 really mad at church people. Or, Or, you know what? Maybe you, maybe you say you don't believe in God because things in your life aren't going your way and you've concluded this. Things in my life aren't going my way, therefore, there must not be a God. And you've, you've completely bypassed the huge jump that is, but maybe that's why. But the Bible is very clear that we know that there is a God, not only from what he's created, he's, what he's created, but the second thing is this, students, this is huge, from what he has provided. And here's what, here's what that means. 
for every single one of us in this room, I don't care where you, you know, who you are, where you grew up, where you were born, doesn't matter how old you are. Every single one of us, every day of our lives are provided with things that we could never provide for ourselves. And some of you already with me saying that disagree with that. You go, no, man, uh-uh, I'm, I'm strong. I'm self-made. I'm self-sustained. I'm self-sufficient, right? Nobody provides anything for me. I'm a man. Look at me. I play football. I play, I have muscles, right? And some of you are like, I'm a cheerleader. I'm pretty, right? Look at me. I can do a leg kick. Woo, I drive a Dodge Stratus, right? And so you're like, and, and so listen, some of us have this attitude of, dude, you don't give anything to me. Nobody provides anything for me. No, you've missed it. And here's what I do, students. Every time I have a conversation with somebody like that, you know what my questions to them are? I ask them, I ask them a certain set of questions. Questions go kind of like this. Okay, okay, you're not provided with anything that you can't provide for yourself. All right, man, fair enough. Let me ask you a few questions, dude. Number one, um, where do you get air? Where do you get air? Huh? Just where do you get air? I mean, do, do you make your own air? Do you make your, do you have a little air factory, air machine, you know, kind of little air test tube, like in your, in your, you know, basement where you're like making air? Do you make it? You don't make air. No, no, no. Listen, students, you borrow air. The whole, the whole night in this room, you've been borrowing air. Every single day you borrow air that you didn't make. Dude, where did you get water? And always a smart aleck goes, well, water's H2O and you get two hydrogens and you get one oxygen and you put them together. Dude, stop talking. Okay, but where do you get water? Like, where'd you get the hydrogen and oxygen? You know what I'm saying? Where'd you get that? Would you make it? You create it and you mold it together and you made a little Mickey Mouse head, right? I mean, what what did you, what'd you do? Where do you get, you know what? You know what, students? You You don't make your own water. You don't make your own water. Maybe you got one of those Brita thing where you cleanse your water, but you don't make your own water. I ask this, hey dude, where do you, where do you get beauty to enjoy? Well, man, I, I paint and I do that. Okay, who made the colors so that you could paint? Who, who created that? Who created your brain? Did you make your brain? Huh? Did you make it? Did you, did you do that? That's awesome. Can I have your autograph? Where did you get your ears? Where, where did you, did you make your ears so that you could listen to your Coldplay CD and listen to comedy and laugh at it? I mean, did you, did you make your, did you make the eyeball? Did you do that so you could see things? Did you make that? I'll ask him this, hey, do you make your own heartbeat? I mean, maybe you're the first person in the world that had control over his own heartbeat. You actually try to make your heartbeat and it beats. You know, you're like sitting there going, making your own heartbeat. Here's the deal, dude. Check this out. You don't make your own heartbeat. You don't make your own heartbeat. I don't make my own heartbeat. It's an involuntary thing, baby. The whole time you've been in here, your heart's been beaten and you had no control over it, dude. If your heart stopped beating right now, there's nothing you could do except for like fall on the floor and kind of go, and hope somebody saw you. That's all you could do. And hey, listen, listen. That sounds funny and haha, but it's totally true. It is an involuntary thing that you have no control over right now. Who, who, who did that? That's provided for you. You have no control over that. You can't do anything about that unless you did something absolutely extreme and crazy, like jumped off a building or something, like crazy. Check this out, dude. You have no control over that. Your heart is beating right now involuntarily because it is being provided by you from someone other than you, bigger than you, and you can't do anything about it. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo, stick your head and do, do, right? I mean, that's truth. It's truth. 
Where do you get food? Well, I buy my food, man. Okay, where did you get the brain so you get the job to buy your food? Well, I ain't got a job. Okay, where did you get the brain so you could con your parents out of money so you go buy food? Right? Who made the food? Who made the cheeseburger? Who made it? A cow's mama? Who made the cow's mama? Right? Check this out. Listen, 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 students. Here's the point. Here's the point. I want you to hear this. Here's what this means. There are things provided for you every single day that you have absolutely no control over. You can't do a single thing about because there is someone or something outside of you more powerful than you are providing things that you would never, ever, ever, ever be able to provide for yourself. And that is exactly what Paul's saying. He says from the beginning of time, because of what God has created and because of what God has provided, no one has been justified in believing there is no God. Because if you just call a timeout in your life, and you just back up for five minutes and you just look at what God's created and what God's provided, you'll realize there has to be a creator behind the creation and there has to be a provider behind the provision. And you can believe what you want to about God and you can believe that there is no God, but the truth is this, according to God's word, because of those two things, every single one of us are without excuse. And that is is the evidence, a little bit of the evidence that I hold on to and that has convinced me there is a God. Fair enough? Let me pray for y'all real quick. Lord Jesus, thank you for this truth. Would it bless these students? Thank you that they're here tonight in Christ's name I pray, amen. Here's what we're gonna do now. Right now, we're gonna send you guys out. If you're a senior in high school, stand up. Quietly, let me explain something to you seniors. We're glad y'all are here. Class of 09, baby. Check this out. Seniors. Our small group leaders taking their places. They're absolutely amazing. Tonight, we begin a brand new year of small groups. And if you're new here to the point, listen to me. Everybody be quiet for a second. Listen. Students, small groups are the core of what we do around here. And I'm going to tell you straight up, if you're not involved in one of these small groups, you're missing. You're really missing what this ministry is all about. You really are. I mean, this is all cool and great and wonderful, but if you're not in these small groups kind of hanging out with other people, talking about, you know, all kinds of stuff, you're really missing it. So here's what we're going to do tonight. Seniors, um, and by the way, we're giving out the PlayStation 3 at 9 o'clock. So here's what this means. Everybody in here, everybody in here who is here right now, we are sending you all to a small group, whether you've been before, whether you haven't, and you need to go, you have to go, please do not go outside. We've actually got people outside just to make sure that nobody goes outside because some people try to sneak outside. I know none of y'all do, but here's the deal. We want every single person to go there. It's very important that you go to these small groups right now. Very important stuff's gonna happen in them. And then right when it's over, they're gonna send you back down here at about five till nine. We're gonna bring everybody in here. We're gonna announce the winner. We're gonna draw for the winner of the PlayStation 3 and everybody needs to be in here for that. So seniors, if you were in a small group last semester... Last time, your leaders are already out there. You're with your same leader. Those of you who are brand new, listen, you're brand new to the ministry. And by the way, if you're here with a friend who's already in a group, you can go to their, you can go to their group. But if you're, if you're brand new to, the, to, to this place tonight, 
You'll see leaders out there holding up. You'll see ladies. You'll see, you know, a couple really cool ladies holding up a sign that says 12th grade girls. You go there. You go to one of those. Same thing for you guys. Go to the 12th grade boys one. Fellas and ladies, 12th grade, y'all move there right now. They're right in the hallway. You guys go hook up with them right now. 